You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? sisters? Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. Hi. Oh, you didn't say your name. I don't understand. You're supposed to just say, hi, welcome back. I'm Maddie. And then I take it from there. Got it. Go. Rewind. Oh, jeez. Hi, welcome back. My name is Maddie. I'm Scout and we are the sisters behind the OK Sis podcast. See? Are we? Do you the, see that? Are we the OK Sis podcast? Are we OK Sis podcast? Are we OK Sis? It's all of the above. Great. It just depends on how you're using it, how you're using it in a sentence, what you want to say. You know, it, and when we're formally saying we are these people, we say the OK Sis podcast so people know that we're talking about the podcast. Oh, got it. But then the community is called OK Sis. Yeah, the yeah. The lifestyle, if you yes, will. Yes. The embodiment of what we represent. The digital brand. The digital community. So you are back in San Diego, thank yeah. God, just for a few days. But um, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm so happy. I know. Well, I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, Got to go back because I've been living out of a suitcase for about a month and a half. Anyone who else thinks uh, has been living the nomadic life, I'm with you. It's not nomadic whatsoever. It's but nomadic. Okay. It's absolutely nomadic. I'm living out of a suitcase and essentially house hopping. Okay. Quarantine hopping. Well, that's true because you went from your apartment to dad's to your boyfriend's. Right. Exactly. What forgot, else is a nomad I supposed for, to do? I forgot that you went to your boyfriend's. I thought you just like went from your apartment to dad's and you're like, no. I'm a nomad. No. no. I've been a nomad for the past month and a half living out of a suitcase and I don't uh, recommend it. I don't like it. So are you going back to your apartment? I'm going back to my apartment. Oh, um, you'll be so happy. So excited because I actually bought parachute home sheets, new like duvet cover, new whole bed situation, and I actually have not even slept in it. Oh, I actually am thinking of getting new duvet sheets, so will you let me know the cloud experience of sleeping yes. in, and then let me know what color, what package you got, like, sure. I need new sheets. Right, yeah. 
uh, parachute home is probably the way to go. Uh, okay. Uh, so I will report back on when I have my first slumber. Awesome. I love it so bed. much. I love it so much. Um, okay. So I have something to recommend. I was going to say it in a current fixation, but I really wanted to highlight it a little bit more. Um, so I'm reading this book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yeah, I've heard many a good thing. Yeah, so I started it and I wasn't so connected to it and I don't know why. Everyone was saying she's an amazing writer and she just like, every, like she pierces into your soul and says exactly what you're feeling. And for some reason I wasn't connecting. And then all of a sudden the other night I was laying in bed and my book app opened up and I just clicked on it and this chapter came up and it was about fear. And so in feeling, like the fear of feeling and, and the fear of discomfort and how actually we need to like move through the pain in order to find the gifts of life and all this stuff. And I started reading it and I, it is, she, it is, I don't understand how to explain this book other than it is straight from God, the words that she writes. It, she talks about what it means to be a woman in today's age. All of the societal expectations and conditionings we have as when it comes to beauty, when it comes to feeling, when it comes to being a mother, when it comes to being a wife. Um, she so beautifully articulates the martyrdom that is motherhood and how that's such a burden that children must bear. I actually called mom and read it to her and she started crying. And then there was this other passage that I sent to my friend who was having a hard time and she was like, I'm crying reading this. Like you just read these words and it's amazing how she's been able to encapsulate the human condition of being a woman and the experience of being a woman so profoundly that also can relate, like that, that extends between all different types of women. So there's a chapter on racism, there's a chapter on motherhood, there's a chapter on um, misogyny and patriarchy and all of these things and activism and, and you know addiction and emotional intelligence. And so it is just for me, I believe, a book that all women need to read period so I'm going to link the Amazon link in the show notes for this episode because sisters if you you listen to this because you're a woman because you want to be a part of a sisterhood Glennon Doyle literally sings gospel when it comes to what the female experience is like and I think that it should be required reading of all women wow what a review um, I it's always been on my list. Um, I think I just shied away from it because I was trying to read more fiction at the time. Um, but I will definitely tap into that. Yeah, and it's a difficult read in the sense that it really uncovers a lot of emotions. So yeah. the chapters are really short. Like some of them are only a page long because she just talks about different topics and memories of her life because it is written in memoir form. And so I recommend maybe not reading it all in one sitting because you do need to digest. Like I felt like I read four really big chapters this morning and I kind of felt heavy because there was so much emotional um, information to process. So I do recommend kind of spreading it out and, and reading a few chapters every now and then. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, I'll dive into that then because I do need a new book. I am reading an okay book right now, but um, it's called The Hating Game. It's very much like rom-com-esque and it's, it's a light read. It's a fun read, but I need something more um, intellectually stimulating, if you will. I need a fun read after this one. You know, you got to balance yeah, shit. You got to balance shit. Yeah. It's like a ping pong table. Book one is like funny and light. Another book. Let's learn something. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we I like the, We like the breadth and the variety. Um, so I have finished watching Looking season two. Um, everyone knows I have been obsessed with the show. I In an episode, I equated it to the sex in the city of San Francisco with gay men. But I actually think it's more like girls the show. Oh, okay. With gay men in San Francisco, and uh, Jonathan Groff is just like, 
I I love him so much, and it's just so funny because he is in the original cast of Hamilton, which as a musical theater gal growing up, I you know I've I've my my musical theater interests have slowed since college, and so I was not in the Hamilton stanhood, so I didn't know. And we watched the uh, live performance uh, the other the other night on Disney Plus on Disney Plus with the original cast, and Jonathan Groff was the king, and I was like, oh my god, there's just like so much Jonathan Groff happening in my life, and I'm not mad about it, and. Uh, I'm now a Jonathan Groff stan. Is he straight or gay in real life? He is a hundred percent gay. Oh, he's he does such a good job as the king and I know. Da 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 Anyways, we're gonna do a whole deep dive into Hamilton and and a fix me up on it because I think both of us have a lot of thoughts on the production. We're gonna do a whole thing. It's gonna be a controversial episode but we're gonna do it yeah before I wanted to talk about something I do every time I get out of the shower so I have been kind of curating all of the products that I use when it comes to my face my hair my you know my body wash but there's one thing that we also need to be paying attention to and that is our queen v's our vaginas our vagines so every time I get out of the shower I have the spritzer it's a beautiful light blue bottle and it's just it has rose water it smells delicious and I give my vagina three spritzes every single morning and it lasts all day and my vagina is just fresh non-odor and just clean and beautiful and it makes me feel very good I admit I was using Vagisil before I found out about Queen V and that shit's disgusting disgusting so if you I'm want, happy this is the thing about Queen V there is just the branding is on point why should all of our other products be so beautiful and curated and look great on our shelves but not our vagina products like yeah you sh- it should never be something you're ashamed of and queen bee has turned that paradigm on its head um my favorite product is the live in libido loca it makes you horny and uh helps your sex drive oh i love that so queen bee is a brand that focuses on normalizing the conversation surrounding women's health this topic can be confusing and embarrassing we know because we've been there even though we talk about vaginas all the time so they have all these amazing products that ph balance better few ingredients gynecologists and dermatologists just recommended and guys it's accessible and inexpensive we know we talk so much about products skincare products that can really rack up the bill queen v is affordable and accessible to all women because vaginal health should not be something that is a luxury it should be accessible to all so we are so excited. We also had Lauren on uh, the founder. If you want to go back and listen, she's a she's a good time. So Queen V is giving the sisterhood thirty percent off on oh, an shit. already uh, affordable product. We're we're winning here, and the discount code is OKSIS thirty. That's OKSIS three zero, and you can click the link in our show notes to get directly to Queen V's website. And happy vagina celebrating, sisters! <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's do a little housekeeping. Oh, jeez. The little horse Le petit Le petit That's a hotel in Los Angeles that Maddie and I just love saying the name of for some reason. I know. We uh, we have so many um inside jokes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, anyways. So, housekeeping. One, you can join our newsletter. You'll get it every Monday. We'll slide into your inbox. It's very beautiful and fun and filled with important information that you need to know at every start of the week. Um, you can sign up for that at okcispodcast.com. And we have an Instagram at okcispodcast. Premium content being churned out over there. We have a Twitter. 
it's uh, not active, but you can follow us. Good um, And uh, we have Girl Getting the Label merch, which is, is just, I mean, premium as fuck. Bucket hats, white sweatsuits, yes. mugs, totes, and it all says support your sisters, which is a message we obviously can get behind. Absolutely. Did I miss anything? Um, I don't think so. Also, well, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Oh, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Woohoo! Um, also, if you like OK Sis, text us to a friend because we, we need more sisters. We don't need. We love you all. but We be, need more sisters. We want the sisterhood to grow. We stand together. Um, I'm also going we to. We make okay. up one big family, though we don't look the same. Our spots are different. I forgot about that song. Different colors. Is that our theme song? It's the Cheetah Girls. I know, but yeah. I forgot about that song. Okay. Anyways, also, I'm not going to blast her name because I think her privacy is very important, but it has been shared to us that a very supportive, active main member of the sisterhood has coronavirus. She is um, unfortunately suffering from COVID, and she just asked us to keep, well, she asked our, you know, the sisters to keep us in her prayers, but I really want to extend it. On the it. secret Facebook group. Yeah, I really want to extend it out Which you can to join. all of you guys, to any of our sisters who are unfortunately diagnosed with COVID right now or, you know, suffering through that virus. We, our prayers are with you. You're going to fucking get through it. We yeah. love you, and we also can't wait to see like, you. Also, just, like, wear a mask, everyone. Please stay safe. I know, like, coronavirus the topic has been pushed around and I feel like it's like declining in an amount of information and what have you, but just stay informed because it is literally still apparent. It is very much alive and well. And um, if you think it's over or that it's being eradicated or that a vaccine is coming in within the year, you are um, ill-informed. So let's just like be safe. I know it's hard, especially this 4th of July weekend. It was really challenging. Um, to you know with FOMO and such if you saw people having parties just like please be safe it is not worth yes. it yes stay home and yeah wa- listen to okay sis we're yeah. here with you staying home so we're sending our sister um who we will not name so much love so many prayers and know that we are thinking of you every single day so with that let's get into this episode yes so we spoke to Taylor who is the founder of Inner Workout it's essentially these resources that you can do to work out your insides, which is, you know, our brains, our smarts, our emotional it's intelligence. More, it's more emotional. It's not like math sure. and intellect. It's more it's more self-care oriented, yeah. self-actualization, self-awareness. And Mads and I both took their assessment, which once you hear this, we go, the whole episode is pretty much us going through our answers or our results of our um, assessment and we realized that we think you guys are so going to want to take this assessment so we talked to Taylor and we guys also got you uh, 10% off this assessment with code OKSIS the Mm -hmm. link for um, inner workout will be in the show notes as well because this really highlights where you live an alignment where you live in energy where you live with you know self care self love body acceptance all these amazing things yeah and also Taylor is a black woman she runs this incredible company she is a it's a black owned business so everyone please support this this inner workout it's just such a great idea and she is just the most wholesome human being Mm. um she talks a little bit about what's going on in the world and her observations but we really dive deep into her product and what she has how she transitioned into this type of work which is you know very needed in this time so enjoy sisters enjoy Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown 
eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection, and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay. 
Taylor Elise Morrison is the founder of Inner Workout. Taylor started her career at a Fortune 100 before moving to the world of startups. Today, she is on a mission to help others beat burnout through sustainable self-care practices. Taylor is a trained facilitator, a certified group fitness instructor, and a certified 200-hour yoga teacher. Without further ado, Taylor. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I totally just waved as if everyone could see me, so... Imagine me waving at you, listeners. We we appreciated the wave. It felt like we were in the same room together, kind of. Sort yeah, of. we are we are very big fans of the audio medium, so that uh, no one has to endure the schleppiness that we typically present <laughs> outwardly. Yeah, you and I are like in crop tops and glasses with our hair pulled back, so we're we're killing it. Anyways, um, we're so excited that you're on because obviously self care. Mental health is a huge topic on our podcast and something Mads and I are super familiar with. So we're going to get into everything. We took our self-care assessment. So we're going to talk about our results and how how much farther along on the journey I am than Mads. Just kidding. I love you. Okay, yikes. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. And then, um, yeah, so should we start with current fixations? Yes, let's do it. Okay. You go first. So my current fixation, it's kind of weird, but I started going on walks every single morning uh, like for 30 to 45 minutes and I listen to a podcast while I walk and then when I come back I'm not done with the podcast so I want to finish it but I shower right after so I got a what's it called a waterproof speaker for my shower and it's like changed my life I, I mean I knew about them and I knew people used them but Wow. And I really only use it for four minutes because, you know, like I like to be in and out of the shower real quick. I don't want to, you know, linger in there. But it really it just it makes me happy. Like my showering is so much better now. I can finish my podcast. I don't have to be interrupted, like smooth transition from the walk to the shower. And I just went on Amazon and typed in black uh, waterproof shower. My husband has a pink one because I gave him the pink one and I use the black one. It's really nice. That is premium. What a premium showering experience. Oh, Bluetooth waterproof sh- uh, speaker. I yeah, it's that. great. It's yeah. super nice. Yeah. Leveling up over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my current fixation. Um, okay, so my current fixation is something I actually got over Memorial Day weekend and it finally arrived. I... Took the plunge and ordered Parachute Home sheets and duvet cover. If people don't know about Parachute Home, it's this like very millennial, but like upscale, but also in like a budget-friendly way, um, bedding company. And it is probably the most well-marketed brand on the internet I would say and you know I am that's a lot coming from you I'm probably the like their target demo I get a parachute targeted ad probably every other day and so I bought I I did it I got my white linen duvet cover I got the sheets I am ready to sleep on a cloud and I and it's my my whole room is looking like a Pinterest board now I love that for you, Mads. Okay, Taylor, your turn. Yeah, so I was thinking a lot about this, and my current fixation is a person. Um, It's Reese Witherspoon, and it's because I watched two of her shows recently. I watched, I've had, I mean, I don't have anything to do at nights anymore. So I watch Little Fires Everywhere, and then I watch The Morning Show, and she plays, like, completely different characters. I was like, Reese, how are you so talented, and how are these shows, like, entertaining me and making me think about very different topics 
And so she's my current fixation. I feel like Reese is a girl you want to go to brunch with. You know, like you want to go, you want to have an in-depth talk. You want to have like a moment at 10 a.m. with her, you know? She is... I feel like she is having her second coming right now and it's a lot to do with her production company and what I love about her is also she is a huge reader and we're huge bibliophiles over here as well and she reads like an abnormal amount of books a week like something like five books a week and she and I'm just like girl where do you have the time you're like a very well-known actress like how is this you know and a mom and um so she obviously she has her book club and so she adapts all those stories to these amazing tv shows and series and she's just such she is such a uh figure we haven't talked about Reese Witherspoon on this podcast but you know I've been admiring her from afar I'm really happy Taylor that you just said that because now now she's like coming back into my into my my vision peripheral vision what is it landscape whatever my aura my aura um yeah she's great she's really great okay we want to talk about inner workout we are going to expose our lives to you in a second But tell us a little bit about why you started Inner Workout, why self-care is such a mission of yours, and your personal relationship to self-care. Yeah. So uh, Inner Workout started because I needed it. I always like to tell people, I'm not naturally good at self-care. Any type of personality assessment that you use is always like me as a really driven achievement person, tendency to be a workaholic which means that I burn myself out a lot. And thankfully that's starting to slow down a little bit, but honestly with recent events, if you can't, I mean, you probably can't tell by my voice, but I'm a black woman. I have a lot going on. I own a business, COVID happened. There's a lot going on. So before I was doing a lot better with not burning myself out, now I have to be a lot more intentional. But yeah, I needed self-care because of the burnout and it started with me just doing kind of the things everyone does for self-care. I took a bath on Sunday nights, which was a really great practice, but now a lot of my job is like telling people that self-care is more than baths and more than face masks, but that's where I started. And the more that I started to have conversations with my friends, with other people, as I started talking more about self-care, everyone kind of had the same problems where we're like, saying, oh, hashtag self-care, this is self-care, and then we're still stressed out and burned out. Like there is something that is not computing. And so one day I was sitting on a yoga mat about to take a yoga class and I was like, huh, why isn't there a self-care class? Um, Again, because I'm competitive, yoga doesn't always feel like self-care because I'm like, man, why can't I do that version of Crow? Or like, why am I not deeper in this? And so I wanted something that could help people really learn to listen to themselves. And it wasn't this level-based, like, yeah, it's good if you're here, but really you should be there. That means that you're like further along. So um, I roughly had an idea of what I wanted inner workout to be. Then I enrolled in a nine-month yoga teacher training, and that gave me an introduction to the concept of the koshas, which are the layers of being. And that's really everything that inner workout is built on. So we talk about it as the five dimensions of well-being, but it's rooted in that yogic philosophy and kind of translated to modern times. So inner workout has the practice, which blends movement, breath work, journaling, and meditation. We have the take care assessment, which y'all took, and then workshops and workbooks to really just help people 
engage with self-care in a way that's meaningful. Um, and I've said it like a, a million times, how we define self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible, which I like to clarify, because again, everything is self-care and how you were talking about like marketing. I've seen like a toothpaste ad that's like brushing your teeth is self-care. It's like, is it? I mean, you are caring for yourself, but it's also just hygiene. So um, yes, that's my spiel. I'll stop myself from talking because I get really excited about this stuff. Oh my god! So I mean, so do I, and I think both of us obviously have uh, dove deep into this topic because, and I thought a lot about it. Um, you know, it is really unfortunate that self care has been branded as face masks and a bubble bath, and then you know all your stressors will disseminate. Whereas rather, it needs to be kind of attacked with strategy and formula, and um, I think we don't want to put the actual work into it and um it's it's really really hard and I don't think people understand that that self-care and actually assessing yourself and preserving yourself and really taking uh and and maintaining doing that self-maintenance is really really tough and some people don't want to put in that hard work we're talking you know therapy or even even taking this assessment and really being true and you know some of these the questions that we that we both had to answer are obviously very personal they're a little triggering sometimes and and you have to be honest with with where you're at and sometimes I wanted to you know um answer a way that I wish I could answer but I was like no 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 like Yes, I, you know, don't care about sleep as much as I could. And so I had to put, you know, so there's, there is a level of discomfort that comes with self-care that I don't feel like people talk about enough. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it feels to me like we've equated societally self-care with self-indulgence. And so it's supposed to be this thing that feels so good in the moment. And sometimes self-care is a lot of the times actually self-care is like looking out for that future version of you and it doesn't always feel great in the more in the moment and then when you are two months down the road two weeks down the road you're like oh man I'm really grateful for myself that I I was looking out so yeah it's a it's yeah. a weird thing self-care doesn't always feel yeah. good and what kind of what kind of research did you do in order to start this company like what what kind of maybe like psychologies or things that you looked into revolving around self-care that uh, was, you know, inserted into inner workout? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, it was when I was introduced to the koshas, those five dimensions of well-being, that made something click for me. And at the point where I started inner workout and even started like thinking about it, I had already been doing my own work and talking about self-care for a couple of years. So the koshas made it click because before my definition of self-care used to be only focused on the physical body. And I was like, I knew something was incomplete, but I didn't have the language for it. So when I was introduced to the koshas, it was like, oh yeah, self-care is this multidimensional thing. And I've been focusing most of my energy on the physical and then kind of tangentially mental. And that's pretty much it. So it gave me language. And then from there, I was able to draw on other pieces. So looking and research on 
what are effective ways to manage stress? What are um, one piece, I think, I forget who it was, but someone here got recommended a breath work piece. I can. That was okay. me. I was like, one of you, I haven't looked in, at your profiles in depth because I wanted to have this conversation be free flowing, but looking at what are actual effective breath works. Some of it comes from yogic philosophy. Some of it is there's a lot of great research on breath work and meditation. Um, and so it's kind of the way that I think of it is taking this ancient framework and then bringing in all of the knowledge that we have because we live in 2020 and people have done research on these things and kind of marrying the two. So there's some things that probably feel a little bit woo-woo for folks um, because it is drawing on some of the ancient things that have just worked for a long time. And then there's some of it that might be like, oh, this feels a little bit too like, I don't know if clinical is the word. So, and I like that because it means that I'm marrying those worlds and it's making you do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone if you tend to only do the woo-woo or if you tend to only do the, the buttoned up more clinical stuff. I love that because I try to mirror both in my life because my relationship to self-care at this point in my life is just sort of a maintenance mode of, of who I am on a daily basis because I have bipolar disorder. So I've walked through the super clinical world of therapy and psychiatry and self-care, what it means in a modern 2020 like medication and more of like the therapeutic model. And then I have found such relief. Actually, my self-care practice is a lot more towards the woo-woo because I utilize kind of the clinical stuff for other purposes. And then the woo-woo has been such an amazing place for me to ground myself. And it was so cool. Like, we'll go through our thing. So Mads and I took the assessment. We answered like 76 questions and it essentially broke down our responses into the physical, energetic, mental, and emotional, that's one, wisdom, and bliss. So why those categories, first of all? Are those the koshas? Yeah, so those are Is the koshas. Okay. So the koshas, Oh, yeah. okay. I've never heard of the word kosha. Yeah, it's so interesting because, like, in people who are exposed to yoga, you've probably heard of the doshas, which some people are like, oh, yeah, I know the doshas, the vata, pitta, kapha. Um, and so it's another framework. So the koshas can be translated as like bodies, layers of being. Like I said, we talk about it as five dimensions of well-being. And so the, there are these different aspects that make up you. And that's where I started and then kind of dug into, okay, what makes up our relationship to the physical body? So the physical body is the most external that's often where our conversation with about self-care just begins and ends because we're like, are you eating foods that nourish you? Are you moving your body? Are you putting stuff on your body that makes it feel or look good? But when you see based on your results and if people take it, um, there's these subcategories that don't actually have a lot to do with those things. It's about, are you in your body? Do you know your body? Are you accepting your body as it is? And then you get into the energetic piece, which is partly looking at your relationship to your breath. Again, from a yogic perspective, your breath is your connection to life force energy. But then also from this more academic medical perspective, we know that regulating your breath is a really good way to lower your cortisol and to bring you into the present moment. And then the energy points are kind of correlated with the chakra system to some extent. 
And then you've got the mental and emotional body or the dimension as we call it, which is, I think of it of what you're putting into your brain and then what is coming out of your brain. And then the sleep is kind of what facilitates all of that. So input is what you're feeding your brain. The emotions, the feelings are what's coming out. And then your wisdom is a lot about actually being connected to what you want because you want it instead of just a lot of times, and this is something I struggle with so much, is just absorbing other people's definitions of success and chasing after those. The wisdom is like, do I know what I want? Do I trust myself? Can I stay aligned in what I want and actually go after it instead of being like, okay, I want this. Oh wait, but that Instagram ad told me I should want this. Oh, my mom told me I should want this and kind of moving all over the place. And then the bliss is like the connection piece. So that's a really like high level overview of all of them, but they're rooted in yogic philosophy. And then we pull in these sub dimensions um, because there's so much depth in each, each of them. And you could have a large conversation. Like I could sit with each of you two and like ask you a lot of questions and get into it. But yeah, let's do it. And let's no, but we're that's, do it. that's what we're here for. So let's start. ask us anything, by the way, when well, it gets because we're open book. Yeah. So let's start with physical. Um, what exactly is the overarching percentage mean? Yeah, because you ever we should say that all of these ca- you you get categories within these these main categories, and they're all percentages. Yeah. So the overarching percentage for a category is just the average of where you're at with those three. So you can see, okay, Okay. overall, this is where I'm at. And then when you break down the three, you can see like, which is higher, which is lower. So what's the, um, what, and you want to be at a hundred percent for all of these or what's the goal or is there a goal? I think 100% is like, if you were basically an enlightened being, which I don't think that's accessible to most Mm. people. Um, it's definitely not accessible to me. So for, I should back up by saying the way that I view self-care is that it's dynamic. So I thought it was interesting, Scott, how you said that you're in like maintenance mode, because I don't know about you, but for me, I need like things, I need different things every day. How I was saying like everything that is going on in the world externally is certainly affecting how I personally am practicing self-care right now. And so this is kind of a moment in time way for you to understand, okay, this is generally where I'm at. Here are some practices that I can start with. And also this is a conversation starter with myself where I'm like, huh, I did not expect to score so low there. What's going on? Maybe I start to observe myself for a little bit. Maybe I start to pull in someone else for accountability. So it's, you're going to take it, you could take it again right now, even though you just took it a couple of hours ago. And it might be a little bit different because maybe someone sent you an email that made you feel a certain way about yourself. Well, I was, yeah, I was thinking about that because I get super depressed and I was like, okay, who am I answering from? Right. Am I answering from who I am when I'm balanced or am I answering from when I'm super depressed and I answered from what I was feeling in that moment, which was very balanced and and like my true self. But I was like, this could totally go a different way depending on how I feel. But let's share our scores. Okay. So, um, I think I'm very ashamed of all my scores. Um, Did I make you feel ashamed? I'm really sorry. I think I was like, don't say that. I think I shamed her. I think it's my fault. I was just trying to be funny. You're beautiful. Thank you. But no, but I do 
look, all these results, I have a lot of low percentages is what I'm referring to. And I think the reason is, is, and I do, I am aware of all of these issues within myself that I scored low on. So for instance, physical, I got body acceptance, 22% makes total sense. I don't accept my body at all. And then Scout is 78% (laughs) acceptance, which is like so true because she's like, fuck yeah, I'm hot and I love my body. And like she also does not do any comparison in terms of, uh, you know, social media or even just in her own realm. She is very loving of any type of body and is so stoked for everyone else. Whereas when I see something on Instagram, I really, really fall into that comparison trap. So that's definitely something I need. I need help with. Yeah, I think that's interesting because you kind of get one of two responses of like, oh man, I didn't realize that was going on or okay, that is something I realized that was going on. And then the question becomes like, okay, what, what am I going to do about that? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm curious for you, when you saw those results, Maddie, were you, did you feel a desire to act anymore? Or were you just kind of like, this is how I am. What did it, what did it stir up in you? Well, I mean, definitely seeing that low of a percentage, um, makes it kind of clear that this is a bigger issue than I had anticipated. I think, um, you know, I, I, I've slowly become more aware of my dissatisfaction with my body, which I think is the first step towards acceptance is that you're more aware of it. And then you can then I've, I've a really bad, issue with acceptance in general not just with body but just with circumstance and um with mental state and things like that and like accepting even negative emotions which at the end of the assessment it goes into this whole workshop essentially of how I need to like be present with my negative emotions and not run away from them and fear them which um I tend to do I tend to really neglect and negative emotions and also um, run away from them or do anything in my power not to feel those types of emotions. Okay. Well, let's, let's stay on track here. We're like trying to get through the test and now you're talking about the end of the test. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Wait, we won't go through everything because it'll take forever. But what does, what, when you say embodiment, I got 68%, Mads got 74%. What does that, can you define that and, and kind of what that means essentially for those that might not, I mean, I'm kind of a little bit confused as well. Yeah embodiment is your ability to not even your ability it's how present you are in your body and understanding your relationship to your body and the outside world so if you think about people particularly people who have experienced trauma they can sometimes be disembodied. So when we talk about doing like a trauma-informed yoga practice or things like that, a lot of it is connecting people to their bodies. And not to say that all of us have experienced extreme trauma, but there, in a lot of cases, and I find this with myself as well, it's really easy for us to get so focused mentally on what we're doing, where we need to be, where we need to go, that we're not even aware of the fact that we exist in a body that is moving in space. And so that's kind of what it's measuring. Got it. Okay, I want to talk about the energetic space because I got a total of 63%. It's not a total, it's an average. Oh, an average of 63%. Mads got an average of 50%. And like on first note, I was like, this is so incorrect. Mads has way more energy than I do. 
but it broke down to breath quality 46%, and Maddie said breath quality 48%, and I'm assuming that's because randomly in the middle of the day, I'm like, oh, I should breathe. And then energy points, which I want to talk about what that means. I got 80%, which is like one, well, not one of my, one of my highest scores, and Mads got 52%. So what does energy points mean? Does that mean how balanced your chakras are? Because I'm working on that. Yes. So the the energetic is like, yeah, it's not about, it does affect how much energy you have throughout the day, but it is really looking from that perspective of connection to your breath. And then yes, that chakra aspect of it, which then goes into other parts of your life. And since you both answered all the questions already, you kind of saw that that section in particular ask you questions about a lot of different aspects of your life. So yes, if you've been working on balancing your chakras, then that's definitely something that would be apparent in the energy point section. Taylor, do you recommend that Maddie gets into chakra work? I think it might be interesting for you. It's a running theme on the podcast that I'm really into chakras and Maddie rolls her eyes at me. It's not that I roll my eyes. I have said this before. I I under I like to just re- I like to remind our listeners that chakra work is actually not very as woo woo as I make it out to be. So the chakras are energy centers that parallel to the parasympathetic n- nervous system. Now I don't care if that is making it unsexy or not fun. It's giving it scientific proof, which helps me justify it for you. So you should be happy. But you should see that my score is 80% on energy points. So you should you should do that with me. I'll give you some tips later. Okay, let's talk about mental and emotional. I got 86%. Maz, what'd you get? 55%. So my input is 86%. That seems quite high. My sleep is 78%. I'm good on the sleep. I really am. I could get more. I, I could sleep 12 hours if I, you know, could emotions is 94%. Oi, what does this mean for me? Yeah. So that means that what you're putting into your brain and even how you're using it is good for you. Like you're putting things into your brain that are uplifting you. You're challenging yourself to grow. Um, The sleep is pretty self-explanatory. You have good sleep habits. And then the emotions is a lot about just the ability to feel your feelings and to express them, which Maddie, you were kind of talking about your feelings on feelings. So that would probably be reflected in your score. I think we Um, could each learn a little bit about from one another on that front. Yeah. Um, So mine was input is 58%, sleep is 50%, which makes complete sense. I don't, not that I don't care about sleep. I don't sleep and it's, I understand it's bad, but I just find that I have better things to do. And then emotions is 58%, which makes a lot of sense as well. Please uh, rewind to the beginning of this podcast. So input, though, I do want to add. So that's, that's, you know, cognitive challenges and maybe creativity and stuff. Or what? what is that? Yeah, it's like if you – what's the, the best metaphor for this? If you think of like literally having to feed your brain, what would make a balanced diet for your brain is like watching things that are good and supportive for you, which makes sense to actually how you were saying, like, if you're on Instagram and Instagram is causing you to compare, 
that's not necessarily like positive content consumption that would cre create like a higher score and in input. Um, it's also whether you feel like at work, you're challenged and things like that. So I would think of these elements of what is a balanced diet, quote unquote, for your brain. And that's what goes into input. Yeah, because I am super specific about what I let into my energy field just because I am so sensitive when it comes to emotions that I can very easily go off my rocker and go towards a dark place. So I kind of almost curate the energy around me. So I was listening to Sahara Rose's podcast, who I love. She's amazing. And she just got a little bit angry in an episode. Totally fine that she's angry. Valid emotion. Loved it. It just wasn't in that moment serving my highest self in that moment. I wasn't prepared to hear the anger. I wasn't in a place where anger was like going to be digested properly and, you know, health in a healthy way. And so I turned it off and I put something else that I needed to hear at that moment. So I am very cognizant about what I let into my brain, not in an ignorant standpoint, not that I won't go there with certain things, but I also know like I was winding down for bed and I was washing my face and I was ready to go to bed. Like I the anger emotion wasn't what I needed to feel at that moment. And I've like flagged it to listen to it later when I'm in a better state to fully, you know, take in that information. But I think that a lot of times we let things into our energy field that we don't have to, like we just let, like, you know what I mean? It's so interesting how we just let people whip us with their energy when we don't, when we have a choice on what, what enters us. Exactly. In, I think, social media, we just get so used to scrolling all the time. Even something as simple as, like, I generally am a really anxious person. So I don't, it's kind of a joke because my in-laws are, like, a huge basketball family. I don't watch a lot of sports because they make me anxious because I'm like, are they going to score? Are they not going to score? And I'm already anxious all the time. So, like, I don't need that extra anxiety or watching scary movies. It's like, I don't want to be worried about if this person, like, are they going to go in the basement? They shouldn't go in the basement. Why are they going in the basement? So those are just types of content that I generally don't consume as much of, or I'm like very aware of whether or not I can handle it. Just like what you were saying, Scott. Scout. Yeah. I just said Scott. Like <laughs> It's okay. Everybody. Oh my God. You just said Michael Scott. That makes me, everyone calls me Scott on email. It's very annoying. Scott. Um, I haven't heard that. Really That's everyone. And they think I'm a dude, like an email. That's incredible. Um, I, I feel a lot of what you just said. And it's interesting because I'm trying to think of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of examples that I feel I can, um, refer to for each of those scenarios. Like for instance, I'm really bad at stopping books. I have to finish books. It is like, even if I hate it, even if it's causing me pain, I was reading this one book that was literally causing me physical pain and sadness. And I had to finish it because of the anxiety of an unfinished book, which is an issue. Or like when I read Normal People, Mads told me to read Normal People, forgetting the really intense depressive undertones. And I was reading it and I got like seriously depressed. And so I texted her and I was like, I can't read this anymore. And I put it away. And then two weeks later, I was like, you know what? I think I could handle that today. And then I finished it and I was yeah. fine. So, yeah. And then there's other things like I remember uh, right after college, I was listening to a lot of business podcasts and like self-help podcasts and female entrepreneurship podcasts and reading all these books and grit and mindset and like lean in. And I felt awful. I did not feel 
inspired. I did not feel intellectually stimulated. I did not feel like I had like productive steps on how to achieve a successful life. Like I just was reminded of where I'm not and all the work and, and the, you know, it just kept, it just keep kept reinforcing that I'm literally an, an, uh, a post-grad kid. Like it just, it wasn't fulfilling. And so I did stop, um, consuming that content because I was aware that it was making me feel actually the opposite of what its intention was. So I think, I think it's, um, it's really important what we consume and what were that input. Okay, yeah, that's-, that's a big piece. And it's something that I think we just take for granted how much content we consume. I think the statistic is like 11 hours of content that we're consuming a day. And we just kind of allow ourselves to passively consume, not realizing how it's having really real impacts in how we're perceiving the rest of our life. Okay. Wisdom. So I got a 43% average. Self-trust was 54%. Focus was 26%. And aligned action is 50%. And then, um, I feel like very ashamed of this oh. bucket. Yeah, Don't be I ashamed. sorry. I Taylor. felt ashamed of one of them. My wisdom was seventy three percent, and the overall, I was like, I wanted that to be higher, but I realized the the focus. My focus was fifty two percent, which brought it down. And and I I am a highly focused person, so I was confused. But I'm also not in the sense that I have multiple projects going on at all times. Like I can't just have one project; it just doesn't work for me. I have three right now, three project businesses, whatever. Um, the self-trust, I got 88%. And that's probably something that's come up in the past two months because I've finally, like, I've been going through a depressive episode and it's my first depressive episode in a year and I've been able to successfully handle it myself without relying on my sister or my husband or my dad. Like, I haven't called anyone crying. I think I called my mom crying once. And so I've been learning how to trust myself through that process. And so that's what I've been working on. And then my aligned action is 94%, which I agree with 100%. I don't do shit that's not aligned. I won't do it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I won't do it. Like, I don't care, you know? Every decision I make in my life from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed is as as aligned as I could possibly do it other than the things I have to do, like paying taxes, you know? Like, Mm-hmm. I don't because I've talked about this before like my body will literally go and go haywire if I do anything that's not aligned like I will get so depressed that I cannot function so being in alignment is is like my main goal at all times so that makes sense for me yeah that makes a, a lot of sense and just to touch on what you said about the focus piece is yeah it's not just about like can you sit in focus during this conversation without having to like check your email or text or something it's about being in the present moment. And a lot of times we feel like we're focused, but we're spending a lot of our energy thinking about the past or thinking about the future. Um, And so you really cultivate the ability to focus when you're present in the work that you're doing. And then that gets into the aligned action and the aligned piece, what you said, like, if you know that this is aligned and this is something that is good for you in the moment, it's good for your values, is taking you to where you want to go, it's actually a lot easier to focus. But still, a lot of this is hard because we're fighting against like the way our society is shaped. Our society is shaped for us to be like looking all over the place and scrolling for longer and all of these different things. And so you have to 
cultivate these abilities to be present, cultivate these ability to know exactly what you want instead of just taking on what someone else told you. Um, Maddie, it's interesting. I had to go on some fasts from listening to certain business podcasts or things like that because I just felt like I was taking too much on and was constantly not enough, which undermined my self-trust. And in, in a lot of ways too, underlined also my focus because I was like, I need to implement all of these different strategies at once. And then the aligned action, I was doing things that worked for someone else who had a very different life than I did. So yeah, un unrelated, but related. The yeah. I have to be really careful what I listen to because it will throw me off a lot. Yeah, completely. And so yeah, what I'm learning from these results is I am what you just said, like I am, th this is like a prime example of someone fighting against societal <laughs> pressures and habits. I think I succumb and fall, which I'm sure a lot of people do. I fall into um, a lot of these uh, pressurized systems of us being, again, our attention being called in 500 directions and um, the comparison trap. I think I, I fall into a lot of that where Scout is is really, really attentive to not doing so so the focus 26 percent, which yikes but I I now that you say because I I also got that score and I was like wait I I feel like I'm a very focused mm -hmm. person when I'm when I'm working like I'm I've always been very studious I guess and in, in like academic sense um but the present moment yeah no I don't even know what that is like I don't even know what it is to live in the present moment I've never felt it don't don't know well, that's why when we started the podcast I made Mads celebrate every little thing like when we got our first 500 listeners I was like pop champagne girl we made it and she's like no we didn't but that was the point is that I and I have that culture within my office culture at Scouts Agency which I run is that on on our whiteboard right there we have all of our major wins we have a win slack channel you know, we text each other all the time, like the big, like, what did we do this week? That was a celebration. And that is such a good way. I think if anybody's listening to this to under, like, I'm not the best at being in the, in the present moment, like by any means. And that's something I have to work on, obviously, because this is like my lowest score. But that is like a really good first step if you don't feel like, oh, my God, I have to master meditation to be in like the present moment, like just celebrating wins on a weekly basis brings you back to like, oh, that's what I just did. And that's what I'm doing right now. I totally relate to that. I have a couple different things. So I have a folder within my email of just like different wins, milestones, things like that. And then I also have a note on my phone of just wins. And it might be like a screenshot for something or yeah, just like you were saying, it could be something that I may look at in five years and be like, why was I celebrating that? That's nothing. But if I don't allow myself to celebrate it in the present moment, how do you keep going? It's hard. It's all about loving the game. It is. Okay, then the last one is bliss. So connection to self for me, which was 50%. Connection to community was 72%. And connection to something bigger was 43%. And for me, connection to self was 63%, which I think is higher because I'm, like, too connected to myself sometimes. I, have, I should, like, plug out. Um, connection to community was 88% and connection to something bigger 
was 77%. Something that I noticed here is that when you think of bliss, I uh, my mind goes to like happiness or joy or pleasure, which I think might be, I mean, yeah, is connected to community and something bigger. But why aren't there, why aren't the subcategories more about like joyfulness? and, and it's, it's grounded, for f- it's foundational. It's like fulfillment. I want to hear Taylor's answer. Sorry, go Taylor. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, when I'm normally talking about bliss, I mention how a lot of times we'll say like, we're blissed out. Like, man, I haven't had a massage in months and I really would like a massage, but I got to wait a little bit longer. There's still a lot of COVID going around by me, but like you would say after you leave a massage, like I'm so blissed out. And that normally means like, I'm kind of disconnected from the outside world. But when in this context, when you're talking about the bliss dimension, um, is the sense of like hyper connection to yourself and also like all that is so you're connected but you're not connected at the same time and it's not really just about being happy even though if you are connected to yourself you'll be a lot happier because you're cutting out a lot of the outside noise if you're connected in a community that is actually supportive to you and that's a whole other conversation but I really believe that it's hard to have effective self-care without community care and when you're connected to a community you feel invested there's this give and take of when like when you're falling down they can pick you up and when they're falling down you can pick them up and then finally when you're connected to something that's beyond you whether that's religion whether that's being in nature and looking up at the stars whether that's some other type of spirituality that's where a lot of times we have those moments when you're like wow this is like existence i exist right now (laughs) um so that yeah that's why bliss is defined the way that it is and i get a lot of questions about that so it's not just you this is like kind of off topic but it just reminded me of that it's like i during corona i i've always been or considered myself in the spiritual plane in the sense that I believed in all of it and I didn't think it was weird and, you know, I enjoyed it, but I never really stepped into its full expression. And in Corona, that's what I did like full on. And so it was just so amazing how my mindset started, my mindset started shifting towards like a miracle mindset. Like everything I see is just so beautiful and so Mm. profound. Like, like sometimes I'm just like, whoa, my body's working and I'm not even telling it to like, that's a miracle, you know? And once you have that connection and you see how all these things, like everything's moving in tandem and everything's connected, it's like the craziest thing to see, but it brings you such bliss. Even if, even if, even when things are hard, like you know that there's a greater purpose, that something's teaching you something and that it's what's waiting for you on the other side is so much more beautiful than you could have expected, you know? So just love that. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I'm staying right now at my in-laws in the suburbs outside of Chicago. And like where we live in the city, we don't really see squirrels. We don't hear a ton of birds, like all of these little things. And I'm like, there is nature. Like we have a lot of green when we look outside of our window, but because it's so much hustle and bustle, there's not a lot that wants to live there. And so I've been like looking up and around and yeah, everything just feels sweet. Almost like when I was a kid again or when I was a kid experiencing that again of just like, wow, all of these things are happening. Or yeah, sometimes when you take a moment just to check in with your breath and kind of adjust so you're breathing in a way that's more supportive for you, but also thinking your body like, hey, 
I've been breathing all day and didn't think about it. And maybe the breath wasn't always the, the most supportive of my well-being, but my body was doing it. It was keeping me alive. So those moments of gratitude for yourself. Also, I think that another perspective people don't really share when it comes to bliss or connection to something bigger is I was looking at an apartment and it was like on the eighth floor and I could see the whole downtown skyline. And I was like, some people like really associate something bigger and miracles with nature or like, you know, the ocean or something. And I just looked and I was like, God damn, we made this. Like humans made this. They designed every little corner of every little detail and made this gorgeous cityscape. Like that's our nature. Like we built that, you know? And so there's just so many different ways to look at beauty and miracles in this world that connect to like, as you said, something bigger. I love that. Yeah. Whenever we, cause about every three weeks we drive back to our place in the city. Cause I have plants that I couldn't bring and I want to make sure they still live. Oh, so and precious. so we'll be like looking around. We live right off of the, the lake in Chicago and I'll just like look and see the lake on one side and see the buildings on the other side and just be like wow Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's amazing gives me chills oh wow that was that was profound scout i I I love to go there no Um, i mean i didn't i i i want to uh i want that mindset that's a really really spectacular mindset to move through life with and because it makes the mundanity more exceptional yeah, and that's like, and I don't really have too many people to talk to about this because I don't know anyone that's gone through that kind of an experience before, but it is truly beautiful and it does, I mean, maybe I'm just leading by example with Mads, but it does, once you connect to something bigger and higher than yourself, your life unfolds in the most tremendous ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we want to talk about what happens after you take the assessment so that if any of our sisters are listening, well, they are listening because it's a podcast. For all of you sisters who are currently listening, this is what happens after you take your assessment and get all of your answers. Mads got, you got a, like a, like a prompt. Um, so my practice was selfie love and it said commit to taking a selfie every day for a week. And then what is one thing you love about yourself in the photo, which I just smiled so hard because I have said this many times on the podcast. Like I think taking selfies is a incredible expression of self-love and um, I do it a lot. And I think it actually, it makes you feel appreciative for the way, not only the way you look, but the way your energy kind of comes through in the photo and um, you don't have to post them. I don't post, I don't post them and it's something for yourself. Okay, so talk to us about the practice element that happens after. Is each person given a tangible practice? Yeah, so everyone gets three practices. One is for the area where overall you scored the highest, but like generally where you scored the lowest within that area. Um, so that's one thing where it's just a place to like deepen. You're already doing pretty well, but how can you engage with this in a different way? And then you get two practices for the area that you scored the lowest. And they're just meant to be tangible things that you can do because you see the score and you're like, okay, I didn't expect that. Or maybe you did, but you're like, I've known this about myself forever and I'm still getting this type of score. Where can I start? And then from there, you get to see what unfolds. And maybe that's a journey that you continue on your own. Maybe that's a journey where you like, tell your therapist, hey, I took this thing and I noticed like, actually, I want to talk to you about this because 
this keeps coming up for me. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of places that you can take it, but it's just meant to be the starting point where you, you've got some information about yourself and you've got some things that you can actually do. Yeah, mine was um, routine. It was created an evening routine, and it's so perfect because Mads and I always talk about routines. Like, my morning routine is to a T. I got it down. I'm locked and loaded. I'm journaling. I'm meditating. I'm walking. I'm doing all the things. And I have an evening routine, but I've been slacking on the evening routine lately. And so this was such a great reminder. Um, and not only, I just want to tell everybody, not only do you say to create an evening routine, you actually give me points to match all the things. So like physical, you give me something to do. Energetic, give me something to do. Mental and emotional, you give me something to do. And then wisdom and bliss, you give me quite specifics. And then you gave me a belly breathing practice, which was really illuminating for me because when I breathe, I breathe in my chest. And I love breath work. It's really intense, but I really love it. And so that was a really eye-opening, like, oh, why don't I breathe in my belly? And then my last That's practice was grounding visualization because I have problems with my root chakra. So that was really good too. So um, the belly breathing is really interesting that you um, aren't familiar with that because I grew up as, as a singer. So all I do is breathe. I don't even know what it means to breathe through my chest because I've been conditioned to only breathe through my belly and my diaphragm. So it was really interesting when that question came up with like, do your el do your shoulders go up to your ears when you breathe? Like, absolutely not. Like I am only breathing from like the root chakra. I'm only breathing from this like sturdiness. Um, so that's really interesting. It's actually the third chakra, I think. Okay. Well, just And saying. I find that a lot of people, um, women especially, don't breathe in their belly and there's like a lot of societal conditioning for that because we want to suck in so that we can be super thin and then you're breathing into your chest and uh, this is painting with like a more extreme brush stroke but to some extent you're mimicking like some aspects of hyperventilation when you're like breathing in your chest taking these short breaths your shoulders are going up and so then you're wondering when, why you're like on edge all the time. And it's because we're breathing up here. And as you know, Maddie, like so much of your power comes from your diaphragm, mm -hmm. both physically and biologically, but then also when you think like energetically chakra wise. Yeah. Okay. And then my, my other practice was the future is here. And um, it had me break out kind of like what does mapping out your ideal future and like kind of like how can you what are changes that you can make today in order to achieve that future, which I think is really pertinent to me because I'm, but you know, I think maybe this is a question, you know, a lot of it feels like I'm trying to remain in the present moment, but obviously we do need to plan for the future and think about the future, but how do you balance between kind of really setting goals and and attacking you know the future but then also staying within that kind of growth period yeah this is gonna sound a little weird but I think it's important to like be present and thinking about the future and be present and thinking about the past mm -hmm. so deciding and this is with anything you can make anything a mindfulness practice by just saying okay, I'm going to be, I'm setting this intention to drink my water and I'm going to be present as I drink my water. I'm setting this intention to really think about the future that I want, be present in that process. And then also 
you can make sure that the things that you're doing in the present moment are getting you there. So then you're not constantly thinking, am I behind like so-and-so got this award or so-and-so just got promoted or got engaged or whatever. And you're spending your present moment thinking about everything else except for your present moment. And so taking that time to intentionally think about the future or the same with the past, you might notice, man, this thing that happened when I was a kid keeps coming up for me or this email that I got yesterday or feedback that I got from my boss, taking the time to say, okay, I'm setting aside time to really understand why was that feedback that my boss gave me so triggering? And sometimes you can do that work on your own and sometimes you need to work with someone else who can help you with that. But having that intentional time to look at the future or the practice or the past with the goal of you staying present. That feels really approachable because sometimes to me, I'm like, wait, I can't be present right now because I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about a future goal, but it's like, no, me thinking about the future, I can be present in that action. I think that's a really like, wow, that's a really more approachable and like just uh, more effortless way to uh, to think about that. Also, when I think about it, I always say, so when I got engaged, there's this song in the Jewish religion called Dayenu, and it's about the Jews leaving Egypt. And they say like, God, if you had done just this one step for us, it would have been enough. God, if you had done just that second step for us, it would have been enough. God, if you had done, you know, like you didn't have to do the 10 steps, but you did. And so I think that also like that's the way I kind of look at my life in the sense that like I have what I need. I have everything I ever want. Like I am so successful in my own right. I have reached the mountaintop. So the rest of my life is just fun. Like it's just confetti. It's just fun shit that's being thrown around. So I don't need anything else. I really don't. Do I want other things? Yeah, that'd be fun. Like, you know, like a super nice house would be great, but my apartment's super nice anyways. So like once you get to a point of like, this is enough, like my life is enough, my my house is enough, my relation, I mean, of course, unless it's toxic, then anything else that you push towards to get better is just icing on the cake, right? Like it's just, it's not, it's not coming out of a lack of what you need. It's coming out of, let me just build on this. Let me just like steroid this up, you know, like that's how I view it. So that because that that's how it helps me be like, how am I grateful for where I'm at today, but still have goals in the future? You know, it's because I know that what's coming is just going to be more fun. Like, but I'm good here. Like, if any if everything stopped, like, like I did it right. Yeah, I love that approach. And even um, in the futures here practice, part of it is saying, okay, what elements of that future life? do I actually have right now? Because a lot of times we think it's so different. Everything has to change. I have to look completely different. I'm in a new community and it's like, no, actually I do have a really nice apartment right now. I love the people that I'm with. And you realize that your future isn't as far off as you thought it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, oh, that's this is awesome. All right. Another um, one of my last practices, and then we'll wrap up is was reflect and release, which Literally, it felt, Taylor, like you were in my brain and like part of me because this is literally something that I struggle with a lot is um, focusing too much on the past and um, not being able to release it. I also have very big control issues. So I cannot. And again, the acceptance issues, it's just like I cannot um, 
figure out how to release this specific trauma from from my past so I do go to therapy which is why I started therapy was for this exact question what is the situation from the past that you keep replaying and I think a lot of people um can attest to this but it's 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 again that like acceptance of it um not fearing it because that only gives it more power um which is really really tricky to do and I think it people people the power of your mind is like it's it's really hard to to shift that mindset but it's but My it's spiritual really powerful coach today because I was like so done with feeling depressed I was like this is I'm done and she's like you're making it wrong like you're making it wrong that you have to feel an uncomfortable emotion like that's that you know you're making it wrong like if you just accepted like this is just a part of the human experience it diffuses the situation so much more mm. That's really good. Yeah. Okay, so this was delightful. I have a feeling that, like, all the sisters are going to take this assessment. I know, because, no, I mean, it's a really powerful, in-depth, inner look at yourself. And it's a really, um, you know, it's a really, like, tender thing to do for yourself, especially because you do have to set aside 20 minutes to take the assessment. And I think that in itself is really powerful because you are actually, again, being present for that moment. I put my phone away. I was like, all right, now I'm doing the inner workout. And I think there is something so powerful about that as well. Um, so talk to us about where everyone can find their assessment and all of the follow-up kind of work that they need to do uh, with inner workout. Yeah. So we're on Instagram at inner workout. And then you can go to innerworkout.co, not innerworkout.com. Um, I always have people who are like, wait, did you misspell it? No, it's .co. Um, and so you can find the take care assessment there. And then the, I'm, I try a lot to have conversations, um, just to get people thinking. So even if you follow on Instagram and you're like, I don't want to take this assessment. If you scroll through our Instagram, there are a lot of prompts that if you pause and think will help you start to have conversations like this with yourself. Cause I think that's the most important thing. And I love hearing how even taking the assessment can be a little bit of a self-care because you're sitting there and like, how do I actually feel? How am I actually showing up right now? And it's hard to do that. I'm not speaking as someone who's like, oh man, I've made it. I don't think about these things. I don't struggle with like comparison. I totally related to everything that you were saying with comparison. Um, so it's nice to have that, that chance to actually sit and be present with where you're at. And I just invite you, if you do take it, whatever results that you get to view it through a lens of compassion, be grateful for the fact that you invested in this for yourself and then to use it as an invitation to keep that conversation going. You don't just need to take an assessment to have these conversations with yourself. Yeah. I apologize for saying that I am ashamed of my results. I love my results. They only spark motivation in me and more introspection and I am compassionate with the results that I got well I'm and I will sleep more yeah I will try just please that's like <laughs> making me worry about wait you. one last question um how often do you do the assessment I'm actually probably going to take it again this week the most recent time that I took it was in March so it's kind of like when you feel that there has kind of been a shift um I think quarterly is kind of a good pace that you could take it, but obviously like so much has gone on and I feel 
for me, the big thing is I'm normally up with the sun, don't need an alarm. I'm up between like 5.45 and 6.45. And now I'm sleeping till something is obviously very different. And so to take the time to say, okay, what's going on? So probably tomorrow or Thursday, um, I will sit down and take this again because something's shifting for me. Well, if you need someone to talk to about all of your results like we just did to you, you can call us. We will be there for you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You are such a light, a beautiful human being, a gem, an angel, a spirit guide, all of the things. And thank you for coming on. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Thanks, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.